This episode is brought to you by Unlax Candles. Feeling like you need to unwind and relax? Well, Unlax is for you. Hand-poured, labelled and packaged with love in small batches from regional New South Wales. Find them online at www.unlaxcandles.com.au or Instagram at unlax underscore candles. Welcome to All Things Small Biz, a podcast to help you take the leap and run your own business from someone who has done it themselves and wants to share what they learnt with you. Hello and welcome to the All Things Small Biz podcast. My name is Sarah Hales, your host, and today we'll be talking about being creative and starting a business. We're going to be talking to Von Sharp, who is a new artist who has just released his first single, which is an absolutely amazing achievement. But first, as always, we have Brian with us. How are you, Sarah? Quite well. On the scale of professionalism, I've just realized I don't have my headset on. I was wondering why everything sounded a bit funny today, and it's because I don't have my earphones. Hence why you're yelling. Was I yelling? No, I was just joking. (laughs) Well, we do like to keep things professional around here. That's right. Uh, Wins of the week, Sarah. Yeah, look, there's been a few. I have relaunched the podcast website and from the podcast website now, you can now download things, you can subscribe to the podcast, you can see all of our previous episodes. Did you have a grand opening? Or a grand reopening? It's literally happening today. And by me announcing it in this recording, it's almost holding myself to account because now I have to launch it to my social media before this podcast goes live in a week. Exactly. We always record about a week in advance. So, there's time for editing and all of that sort of thing. So, so uh, wins of the week for me? Yeah, yeah. You've had a few. I am a uh, survivor. Of? Of COVID. <laughs> I feel like I'm a survivor of COVID as well because no, no, our I whole have house had to go to into lockdown. It. I have the test to prove it. I copped it on the chin. Mm-hmm. You it- and like half the population. Yeah, You're not the, I'm only the only one, one that matters. Who's had it. I'm the only one that matters. That, you shouldn't say that. Anyway. So, you've survived. And you got this it. is how good it was. My seven days of isolation rolled straight into Easter. Well, aren't you just a lucky person? You should go uh, buy a lottery ticket. I did. One fourteen dollars <laughs> <laughs> oh, It cost dear. me $17 to get it. Mm-hmm. Or something like so that. So, talking anyway. about Easter, happy Easter, belated to everyone who is listening. Happy to eat too much chocolate. I have been sneakily throwing a little bit of chocolate in the bin here and there because we have a four-year-old and an almost three-year-old and some of the sugar meltdowns have been next level and I'm not okay with it. So, no. I'm trying to mitigate against that problem. Yes, and they come back at you and say, but you always give me Easter eggs and they're my Easter eggs. Yeah, which is so not true. Thanks, cousins and uncles and aunties. <laughs> you just need to pare it back a bit. We don't need so much. They just one cannot egg. handle it. You can all chip in for the one egg. <laughs> So, we had a lovely Easter camping trip. Yeah, we did. It was was a good trip. Yeah. Could have stayed a little longer. Yeah, beautiful weather actually. And um, the night started to cool off a bit, which is lovely. Yeah. And um, that was our first 
attempt at full off-grid. Off-grid camping, yep. Made and- me really realise, uh, I mean, we use a generator regularly, I suppose, but when you, you know, use a heating appliance, say, for example, how the generator, like, really revs up and you think that's just or one appliance. coffee machine? Yeah, the coffee machine. The essential coffee machine? Yeah, that's the only thing I turned the generator on for was the coffee machine. But um, it makes you really realise how much power consumption it takes for a heating element. And then if you were to multiply that by all of the houses, it really made me stop and think about power consumption. Mm. And also water consumption. When you're on a tank with two little children and showering and turning taps on and off, it's, and a, good re- up. it's a good reminder. It's a good reminder. Mm. But we've got some plans to make it a little bit easier and we'll move forward again. So, what's happening with Western Waves? This week. Uh, this week, we yeah. Have been, we have packed all of our orders from the last couple of days. They've gone out in the post today. We've got some new products arriving. We have had a f- quite a few pairs of shoes going out the door. Mm-hmm. Things have been pretty busy. So, Excellent. West of the Waves is doing well. Make sure if you're in the market for West of the Waves products, you jump on the website, westofthewaves.com. And how is e-commerce going? Yeah, great. We've had four new students join the course this week. So, Congratulations. Uh, yeah, it's great. I love it so much. I get so invested in the businesses who are investing in themselves and who trust me to help them. I've actually just right before we were recording the podcast today, I've just jumped off the call with my group. Such a good discussion. We were talking about all things social media, how to plan ahead and understand what the purpose is behind mm-hmm. why you're posting. Like, not not just post for the sake of posting, but what what do you want that post to achieve for you? Do you what reaction want, do you yeah, want? Yeah, do you want your community to engage with you? Do you want your community to go to your website and have a look at a product? Do you want your community to go to your website and sign up to your email address? So that even before you've put the post out there, you have set the purpose for for what you want it to achieve. Yeah. Because all too often people just are reactionary. They're like, oh God, I've got to post something on social media. So they just throw something out there and they ask people to buy. They're not nurturing the relationship and, you know, bringing the person into the fold and making them feel important and cared for and like they're part of a community. The social media where you're just selling constantly, selling, 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 it puts people off. Um, And there's no reason for them to stay and like and engage on your account. Um, You want to make things interesting, enjoyable. Yeah, absolutely. If you've got any more questions about that one, give us a yell, send me a message and we can have a chat about, you know, how to plan out your social media and what to post and how to know what the purpose is behind posting. What we discovered in our group call today, or not discovered, but what the girls started to discover as we discussed it, and I've done this quite a few times before, it's almost like a reveal where they realize, oh, you can turn one piece of content into two, three, four pieces of content and you can continue to talk about it or develop the story as you go along. You can 
post something to your grid, then jump onto your stories, announce it, and then reshare it to the grid with a poll. So the way that we go through that planning process really draws it out so that you know what you've got to post in advance and you know the purpose behind it. On my soapbox again, so we better move on. Mm -hmm, Don't fall off. (laughs) Is there any uh, feedback from our listeners? Yeah, we have been getting so many messages over the last couple of weeks of people congratulating us for making it past 26 episodes. So, this particular episode that we're recording now, it will be episode 29. So, we're well past that. But the significance of 26 episodes is that that is six months. So, that's Ooh. a pretty big achievement. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, we get, we better get into um, today's discussion. We're running a bit behind time here in the Hales household, so we need to uh, get on with our chat. Our work-life balance. <laughs> We've got to go and grab the kids. So, getting back to our topic today of being creative, is that it? Yeah? Being a creative personality and then starting a business. Yeah. So, I'm a bit creative. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hence why this is a good one for me to listen to, maybe. Maybe. So, uh, what are some of the traps? I find that, you know, beautiful, amazing, talented, creative people can sometimes fall into the trap of spending 90% of their time being creative, which is fantastic, and only 10% of their time working on the business. And- I have actually worked with one girl who was an artist where I had to chase her up for her to invoice me. And she told me that that wasn't the first time that that happened because she loves so much to get involved in the art that she forgets or doesn't put priority onto the accounting side of things. And if you're running a business with you know, with the purpose of making a profit because there's only two types of businesses. You're either for profit or you're not for profit. So, you know, if you're a charity, that's fine. If you're in the business of making a profit, you do need to make sure that you are invoicing people for your work. Excellent. Hmm. So, how would you focus someone that has like a 100 ideas How do you know which one to follow as well? Yeah, this probably leads back into something we discussed a couple of episodes ago. There is a downloadable on the website, allthingsmallbizpodcast.com, which is a an exercise that you can do to put everything in your to-do list down and then you can rank those items and understand what is important, what is critical, what is important, what is not so important, what can wait till later, what you can outsource and really then prioritize the things that need to be done. Mm-hmm. Did I just answer your question then? Because I feel like I went on a tangent. A little bit. So, Oh, you were asking me, how would I focus those people? Well, I would ask them to do that exercise and to sort of step away from the creative for a moment and put themselves into the business p- space. What do they need to do to make their business operate? Obviously, they need to have their product to sell, but if they don't have their website functioning properly or if they don't have their accounting side functioning properly, then their business is going to suffer. So, by doing that exercise that is on the website, you can actually rank things that you may be able to outsource because mm-hmm. if it is not 
an area that is your strong suit, you should consider outsourcing it so that it continuously happens. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself in a place, thinking back to the example that I just gave with regard to the artist, where, you know, you might look at your bank account one day and think, oh, that's a bit skinny. And it's, you know, it's a direct result of the fact that you were not sending out invoices. That's Mm. a pretty extreme example, but- you know, relevant to the discussion, I guess. Yeah, yeah, you got to get paid for what you're doing. Absolutely. And then what do you think? Is being creative limiting or is it a blessing in disguise? Oh, God. I think it's, you know, of course it's a blessing in disguise. I mean, creative people are the ones who come up with great solutions to problems. A creative person doesn't just necessarily have to be an artist or somebody who is, you know, making a product. Creative people have minds that are able to solve really complex problems and, you know. Able to um, see things from a different light. Yeah, absolutely. So, I think it's definitely a blessing. I think just sometimes it's really important to understand if you have a uh, an area that you're not so good at mm. and then put a plan in place to make sure that that part of your business is looked after. Mm. And that's um, – I was just thinking about a book that I read to the children. It's called What to Do with an Idea. With, mm, it's a great book. And at one point of it, it says – It taught me how to stand on my hands so I could see things from a different view. (laughs) That's cute. It was given to us by a really dear friend and it's such a beautiful book. Yeah. All right. Well, now it's time for your chat with Vaughn. Yes, bring him in. Vaughn Razor Sharp. This episode is brought to you by Unlax Candles. Feeling like you need to unwind and relax? Well, Unlax is for you. Hand poured, labelled and packaged with love in small batches from regional New South Wales. Find them online at www.unlaxcandles.com.au or Instagram at unlax underscore candles. I know that I briefly introduced Stu at the top of the podcast, but I just wanted to tell you a little more about him. This is a bit of a slightly different chat today. Stu is a manager of a mining company, but he's recently followed his dream and released his debut single. He's a husband and a father. And maybe, Stu, could we start by getting you to explain to us where you're based? Hi, Sarah. Thank you very much for having me on. Currently based in Emerald of all places. I never thought I'd live in central Queensland, um, but born in Brisbane. Grew up in Mackay and uh, living in in Emerald just so that I can be home every night with the family, basically around work. And, yeah, I'm planning on coming back to Mackay, hopefully in the not-too-distant future because it's home and I miss the ocean and the jet skiing and the like and all my friends. But, uh, yeah, (laughs) Emerald's home for now. Yeah, we'll come back and wash a bit of the coal dust out. Yeah. Stu, let's start with your business experience. So what is it that you do just well, for the business? At the moment, so I'm in sales management. So I'm the Queensland sales manager for a mining rope supply company. I won't go into who exactly they are because I haven't told anyone from work that I'm going on a podcast, but you get the idea. So <laughs> I su- we supply mining ropes basically for shovels and drag lines and that type of thing. And it's Business experience, well, I've sort of always been in mining, 
Um, if I wind the clock back, I finished my trade as a boilermaker. And, uh, yeah, now I'm just I've decided I wanted to get away from that. And I went into sales and I sort of always felt like sales was, was going to be a good fit for my personality. After being in mining as a tradesman for a long time, it was a tough transition, but it's definitely a good fit now and it allows me a lot of flexibility and it's a lot more challenging mentally, less physically challenging, <laughs> more mentally challenging. Yeah, well, being a boilermaker is pretty physically challenging. Yeah, I've definitely had enough of doing that. And it's not it's not the most exciting job after a while. It's a bit of a young man's game, I think. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So how did you make that transition from um, the workshop floor right through to managing quite a large company? Well, I uh, I used to deal with sales reps in the role that I'd, I'd mm-hmm. do relief when I was on a mine site working for Rio Tinto. I used to do relief in a planning role and the reps would come and see me on a weekly basis about a certain area of the business that I was looking after. And um, I thought, you know, these guys seem to be – pretty well looked after. They all seem to share the same experience that I've got, some even less. Maybe I can do that. And um, mm-hmm. I got to a point, to be honest, when I first went to, to Rio Tinto, I was sort of ready to break away from mining. It was just such a great job and it really was a great job. It opened doors. I didn't think it was going to open. Yeah, I went into that role and I just thought to myself, you know, I can do what these other guys and girls are doing. So I just started applying for rep jobs and with companies that did heavy cast consumables and that type of thing, so buckets and GT, et cetera. And um, mm-hmm. I got an opportunity. I didn't realise at the time I was being employed because of the people I knew in certain sites to be able to access those customers from their <laughs> site. But um, I got something. Works, yeah, yeah, I did. yeah, it's funny you don't know that at the time, but I, uh, I really benefited from it, particularly my first sales role. I had some really good, really good mentors and teachers and um, a lot of people get into those jobs, they can be quite easy. You can just do as little or, or as much as you want to do. But I always yeah. tried to sort of push myself because I wanted to continue to get better. Plus, it was a scary time in the industry, so I, I worked like my income depended on it. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good attitude to have. Mm. So what made you decide that you wanted to record music? Well, this is a bit of a story. So I sort of always, always did want to do it. You know, I always had this desire to, to do music. But, you know, as a young person, I think just to step off track for a minute, we benefit so much more from the information we've got at, at our fingertips now to what we did probably 20 years ago. We might have had it, but it was in books and you had to pick them up and physically read them, whereas now it's forced upon you with, you know, videos, audio books and in social media, yeah. etc. But anyway, I thought, well, I won't be able to do it because I can't play an instrument, you know, so I may as well just continue to dream about that and that's about as far as it's ever going to go. Mm. But out of character for my mother, I remember sitting down with her one day and she was telling me that they were packing up and moving to the Sunshine Coast. And I said, you know, you could have done this years ago. I would have loved to have came and I was, I was probably whinging about work or something and she said, darling, why don't you go and see this lady, this psychic lady, which was out of character for her? And um, yeah. anyway, it took a little bit less to twist my arm than what I actually let on because I was kind of intrigued, you know. I said, ah, you know, I'm going, yeah, that's just rubbish. But really I was thinking, oh, wow. So I went and this lady, she just blew me away. She described a person that I used to see in my bedroom door doorway when I was a kid. I'd wake up in the middle of the night and see this big man standing there dressed in white and just would freak me out. 
that happened for quite a few years. And she described him and all this other stuff. And she said, have you ever thought about a career in music? And I sort of laughed it off, you know, because I'm a man. I work with men, you know. I drink with men. This isn't a manly thing. Mm -hmm. Anyway, after a few weeks back at work, I was sort of thinking, how can she know all that other stuff but not be right about this? So I thought, I'm going to flush it out. So I'm going to go and find another one and see what they say. And so I just picked, <laughs> I picked another one randomly out of the paper and I ended up at the Bonavista Motel in Mackay and standing oh there, this, this travelling psychic and this, this bloke, he looked like he'd just stepped out of a time machine. He was straight out of the 70s, literally dressed, yeah. the haircut, the jewellery, the whole lot. And I sat down with him and I didn't give a thing away because I wanted to find out, you know, I was thinking, how real is this stuff? which there's so many different opinions on that. You can have your own. But, yeah, the conversation went in the same direction very much so. So I went away and I was just thinking, I'm just going to be this musician. I'm just, it's just a matter of time. So it kind of <laughs> consumed me for a while, to be honest, and I got a little bit, I don't know, just distracted from what I probably should have been doing, which was just getting on with work and my career and trying to do, you know, get good jobs and make money and progress my career as to what it was. And I just talked about it, did nothing, and I sort of just embarrassed myself. Uh, after a while, I just buried the idea and forgot all about it, and um, it was the best place for it because it wasn't reality. And then at mm -hmm. age 39.75 years, I started having my midlife crisis. And I woke yep. up one day and I just thought, you know what? I haven't done anything great. Okay, I've improved my career. I've got a great f healthy kids, family, you know, loving wife, all that's everything's going well, but what have I really done for myself? I've got friends that are really good at sports or they're really good in business. I haven't done anything. I'm going to do it. So I just decided, you know what, I'm going to do it. And what was the time gap between when you like decided you were going to bury the idea and then when you decided, you know what, I'm actually going to do something for myself? Would have had to have been 17 years. Wow, right. Yeah, 16 and 17 years, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Absolutely lost all my creativity. I wanted to know if I could get it back to the point where I could actually do something with it, you know. I used to have creativity. I buried it in a deep place, you know, right away, never to be thought about again because I embarrassed myself because I had this idea in my head that I was going places but I didn't actually <laughs> do anything. And, and that's the truth. It's, you know, it was humiliating. I humiliated myself back then. Yeah, right. Mm. So, Stu, as an outsider looking in and I've, you know, not had much to do with the music industry at all, and as a bit of a business enthusiast, I can actually see a lot of correlations between releasing a song and starting a business. Would you say that's true? I would say that's 100% true. I think if you and I sat down and we, and we used all your business and business coaching experience with your engineering background and all the processes that come that you learn as, you know, through the engineering running big business – and coupled that with my sales strategy type development, business development mindset, and we sat mm -hmm. down and looked at the way that I've gone about this first track and starting up myself and branding myself as an artist, we would, we would just absolutely pick it to pieces and we'd just mm -hmm. say just start again because it's just all wrong. There's no real budget. There's no real strategy. This is It's just sporadic. <laughs> but because I woke up and I decided I'm going to do it, the goals were two steps away. Then another two steps away and I, I kept knocking them over easier than what I thought I would so I didn't plan the process properly and there's no yeah. it's so hard 
when you're starting out to get the right advice because the internet's full of information but it's just someone Mm -hmm. else trying to sell you something that's not worth anything you know so you just gotta um gotta be really careful because there's sharks circling ready to take your money and offer nothing in return Nothing yeah, absolutely. I was having a little bit of a think about it this morning, though, and I was thinking, you know, like some of the processes are, you know, planning, obviously, budgeting, you just touched on that, project mm-hmm. management, they're all absolutely relative to starting out. So you think that you basically just got the dream and just, yeah, just, 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 just sort of snowball. Because yeah. that's not in any way bad because I can absolutely tell you when I started West of the Waves, I've said it so many times on this podcast, I did everything backwards. I was having my own little bit of a crisis because I had worked um, in such high-powered engineering jobs and here I was at home with a newborn baby and I just knew that if I didn't do something with my brain, I would go – nuts so I you know it was my brother he said to me sick to death of hearing about the stuff that you can't do anymore I only want to hear about things that you can do so I built my website first and then I found a product because I was like right I've set up this website now if somebody came along and you know stumbled upon my website the credit card you know facilities to type in and pay for something they were all there it was completely 100% set up and I thought to myself what's the worst that can happen you know if I get a product and somebody buys it great if nobody buys it fine I'll just close it so I had my website then I got a product and then I got the name so I don't think that it's such a bad strategy I think sometimes taking action is the best strategy yeah you absolutely got to have a go before anything will happen don't you Absolutely. Yeah. I think um, the other consideration is being an, an artist. I mean, when I think of the word artist, I think of someone painting a picture, but that's what, that's what I am now. I'm an artist. Yeah. It's, it's a hobby and it's going to be a hobby. So it's going to be a business run hobby that makes no money for a number of years. That's what I've got to be prepared for because, yeah. you know, there's 70,000 new songs uploaded to digital distributors, music distributors like your Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, et cetera, every single day in the US. So, wow. for instance, I've got to get 20 million streams or something like that on Spotify to make $100,000. So it's not about the money. You know, it's about controlling the spending. And then, you know, once you start, if, you, if you're that way inclined that you want to do live shows, that's when the money side of it starts to come in. At the moment, it's just about managing what's going out, making sure that it's – I guess tax deductible, and it's mm-hmm. it's in order and in some kind of order, and it's planned and budgeted so that you maximise the time or maximise where you spend your money. For instance, studio time, session musicians, session vocalists, etc. And then there's the other side of it, which I didn't even think about until I got going, which is contracts. So mm. you know, backing tracks. I need copyright. That, that all needs to be transferred over to you. Otherwise, the track that I just released, I'd have to then pay money to the person who originally did the backing track, even though I've rearranged mm. it and changed it. You know, there's a female session vocalist who's a contributor to the record. You know, we, we've got a contract as well. I won't go into the details of what that is, but we've got a contract in place as well because down the track, if it if it does do well, you want to be able to know, everyone needs to know what the original agreement was. And on top of that, I don't want to be doing payroll for the next 10 years, splitting up a tiny little bit of money as it, as it you know gradually loses popularity and doesn't 
get a lot more streams or plays, etc. You know, you don't want to be sitting down every three months divvying up a thousand dollars. You know what mm. I mean? Mm. Yeah, so much mm. to think about. I think I already know the answer to this, but have you gone all in or we're starting small? <laughs> I went a little bit too far all in, I think, because again, poor planning. But there's nowhere to hide. Yeah, that, that's been the biggest thing. Is you need? I, I needed to be mindful of when I was doing this. I was. It's not like I've got a big, rep, big flash reputation at work, but I've got a reputation at work. I've got customers to consider. I've got a business that I represent to consider. And then on the side, mm-hmm. I'm doing this and there's no hiding. You can't hide anything. You need to be authentic. There's just, if you, if you try and do art and do it in a preserved way where you're only showing a little bit of yourself, you're not going to go anywhere and you, you'll eventually get found out, I believe. You know, I had to really have to put myself all the way out there and tell the story that I told at the beginning, you know, that a, a lot of people are probably scoff at. But it's it's my story and I'm going to tell it, you know, and I'm going to tell it to whoever wants to listen to it. But I need to then be mindful of how that affects my wife and my kids at school. Luckily, they're at an age where they just think it's really cool because dad's got a song and it's going on the radio here and there and what have you. But if they're a little bit older, I would have had to really think about how it would affect them at school, etc. you know? Yeah, for sure. Mm. So it goes beyond just me. So what's your plan for your music? What's your plan? for it again i've sort of i just wanted to finish this first process so there's a lot of firsts here you know first time writing a song first time putting it together first time releasing and promoting etc so i've purposely pulled the handbrake on and i mm-hmm. i'd love to continue writing and i and i will but as for right now i'm focusing my energy on this part of the process as the release and how all mm-hmm. that goes out and then it's just going to be about doing it because I, I really enjoy doing it and just trying to get better at it. It's just like anything, you know. Everything takes work. You don't wake up and just become perfect at something, sports or what have, whatever it is. You've got to work at it and this will be no different and the results will reflect the effort that I put into it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And as you're talking, I'm just sitting here thinking about it and, you know, like there's no real difference between you writing a song planning it, releasing it, you know, putting it out to the world, then somebody who makes a leather wallet and puts it out to the world and asks somebody to buy it or whatever it might be. The process is still the same. And especially when it's art, so if it's a painting, you know, if it is pottery, if it's a drawing, whatever it might be, if you're putting your heart and soul into it and then putting it out to the world, it can be quite scary. But I think good on you for giving it a go. Yeah, thank you so much. Everyone has just been so, all my friends have just been so supportive. You know, like I say, one, the clock back, it was a different story and all I was all I was doing was talking. But, you know, now at the age that we are at, everyone just pats you on the back and just says, well done, you know. And on top yeah. of that, I've had some really good feedback from those people that have heard the track. So I'm hoping that it does well. But I wanted to make a song that I could stand listening to and I absolutely can stand listening to it. So I'm just going to tick the boxes. That's the first win. I'm happy. What happens after this when it goes out into the world in the next little while, then so be it. Yeah, and you mm. will have learnt so much along the way. And I keep drawing the correlation back to business, obviously, because we're a business podcast, but you've learnt so much along the way. You've put processes in place um, that are repeatable, so you'll be able to do this again and you'll be able to apply your learning, you know, so realistically, 
you've done your first launch sort of thing, like you've yeah. made your first product, you've done your first launch, and then you would be able to go back and repeat the process and learn from any mistakes that you've made and go again. And that's really all that we're all doing. Me with my dresses or shirts or shoes or whatever it is that I'm doing, it's the same thing. Sometimes I've you know, had one or two things where I thought, oh my God, this is beautiful. I love it. Everybody's going to love this. And then maybe they don't love it as much as I thought that they were going to. Fortunately, that hasn't happened a lot, but it has happened. And, um, you know, it's good to share that stuff too, because otherwise people, you know, starting out in business or whatever can feel really like overwhelmed or uh, upset by a failure. And really, it's just learning and then you repurpose and go again. So, Stu, do you think that doing things the way that you've done them makes you a little bit of a disruptor? <laughs> I don't know. I think that the industry is flooded with too much material for me to do a lot of disrupting, you know, mm-hmm. in the music industry. But I can tell you I certainly I've got in contact with some people that I don't think your average person would have had the confidence to do or would have actually been able to do. And I say that because of my sales experience, you know, that part of my day-to-day is to open doors. And I managed to open some doors that I wouldn't, I didn't expect to be able to open. And I spoke to some people and one of the lessons I got was whilst for me this is a hobby, there's so many people working in the industry that they love, it's their time and it's their actual income. So, you know, if you're not being respectful of their time, you can be wasting their time and they're trying to make an income, you know. And I've come across some really helpful people and I've come across some people who I will never deal with again, unfortunately. I'll never speak to again, but that's all part of it. Like you say, you're making mistakes and you you learn from those mistakes. But I guess to go back to your question, as far as being a disruptor, I, I certainly think I'm probably one of few people who wrote their first song and just went straight out and released it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Good on you, I say. Do yeah. you think that um, not having done this before and coming at it from a different perspective allows you to bypass some of the, uh, you know, this is how we do things? Yes, absolutely. Having some life experience. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's some people that consider themselves to be industry gatekeepers when you talk to them and things have to happen their way and you have to pay a certain amount of money to get their time and all they want to do is manage your expectations you know and so it takes a little bit of confidence but you know you have to part ways with those people and so I can do this on my own I'm going to have a crack at doing it on my own part of that comes back to evaluating how much money you've spent and what you're likely to see in a return but at the same time you know, there's nothing you can't learn to do yourself. You know, it's just yeah. it's it's how fast you want to get there. If if you think you need, to, it's like your business coaching. If if you're starting a business, it's likely to make money. There's you're having headaches with certain areas. You sit down, get help from someone that's a specialist in that area. Mm-hmm. You know, again for me, those discussions with these industry gatekeeper wannabes are in the thousands of dollars, you know, you can start at $5,000 for their time, you know, it's just good luck. If you're just going to manage my expectations, I'll do it myself. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think with, you know, starting small, it allows you the time and the space to learn 
you know, like I've discussed this before with somebody when I started, I think I discussed it with Brian actually in one of the previous episodes. When I started West of the Waves, I probably started with around about $1,000 and that was stock, the fee on my website and also the fee to buy the URL. And um, he would sometimes say, you know, are you the best person to do that? because you don't know how to do it and now you're spending all of your time learning this new thing. And I was like, if I had spent $50,000 and I needed to get a really quick return on that because I had, you know, put out a lot of money, then I see your point. But realistically, how I'm starting out this business is I'm starting extremely small and I'm learning my way into it. And I think, you know, when you put a big investment in versus when you put a smaller investment in talks to how much yeah. you can afford to do and learn yourself. And I was going to say in one of our other episodes where we talked to Prue Houston and she owns a business called Lone Star Trading Co., her husband owns a Texas barbecue business down in Melbourne and he was from IT. He was an IT guy and I think he took a redundancy and then decided that he was going to start up this American barbecue business in Australia. He only opens three days a week. And other restaurateurs say to him, you can't, you just can't. Restaurants have to open seven days a week. And he says, no way. This is what works for my family. I only open three days a week and I, you know, cook and sell until it's sold out. And then that's that. Well done. So, you know, I'm fully on board with the, you know, a different perspective and a bit of age allows you to bypass some of that rubbish, really. Like you say, like an industry Mm. gatekeeper. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be what works. It's got to fit in with everything else. You know, you've got to jump in and out of different worlds. You'd be an expert at it, mum, wife. You know, you're doing podcasts one minute, then you you're running the <laughs> online shop, managing the stock. I, I, honestly, I tip my hat because oh, thank you. I walk out of my home office. My wife comes to me and says, "Hey, you've got to cook dinner," and I go. <gasps> That's the hardest. That's the hardest part of my day, trying to work out how I'm going to do that. But then you know, there's the kids in the bath, and then there's trying to do the music marketing after hours, and then I've, I'm just in and out of different mindsets all the time. And you think, wow, how, how am I going to sustain this? <laughs> but you get better at it. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and um, you get better at managing your time. I'm a very big list writer. <laughs> <laughs> that's something that I do. I drive Brian absolutely crazy because I don't have low speed and I sort yeah. of, you know, can expect everybody else to keep up to my level and sometimes he's like, can you just shut up and watch a movie? <laughs> <laughs> the brain doesn't have an off button. But anyway. There's no pause. So, um, yeah. <laughs> we talk in my coaching courses, we talk about uh, a model for business, which is to attract a customer or attract a visitor to your website or, you know, a listener to your song, convert them into a sale and deliver on what you said you were going to do, be it a product or a service. Where do you think you are sitting at the moment in that model? I think at the moment I am not even started at all. I think where I'm at is the only followers that I've got, are my friends and people that I've come across and bumped into. And I think, to be mm-hmm. honest with you, that in the short-term future, the not-too-distant future, will be something I come to the likes of Sarah Hale's business coaching and say, can you please help me with that? Because it is absolutely an area where getting content out on social media and all that sort of stuff, that's what we use these days. That's how we 
you know, I guess content creation is probably where I struggle at the moment. I don't want to spam people because mm-hmm. I don't have a lot to offer them. Uh, that's in my head at the moment. I've got one track and I don't want to keep playing the same reel to people until such times as there's more music there to do that. So for now yeah. it's about, I guess, learning as much as I can and doing it at the least amount of cost that I can and as I see this process through and I've, I guess, had the time to stop and reevaluate everything, then I'm actually going to come and say, hey, I need some help because I've seen the little little bits and pieces of yours and I really think that like the Canva help, all those sorts of things, I just I have got no idea and I I just I feel like I don't have the time. Like even learning, learning my way around Spotify, I found a book, I finally found a book to listen to only this just this week and I, I thought it was something else because it's called Work Hard, Playlist Hard. And I thought it was about pitching to playlisters on Spotify, Apple Music, et cetera. But really what it did was explained how to get yourself organised on all those platforms and similar. So had I come across that book to begin with or had some more patience, I would have listened to that audio book and I would have saved myself weekends, you know. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Trial and it error. Can be hard. It can be really hard to sift through and find the right person to help you. But, you know, what I always say about my coaching is that I created my coaching based on the Sarah who was starting West of the Waves. What did she need and what trouble was she having? And I was having trouble finding somebody that I could trust, that I could resonate with, that would actually help me because, you know, you'd come across someone and they might just give you like a little snippet of information or they exactly what you're saying. You would pay for something and then realize that you actually needed more and then that cost more. And and actually the other part of it, and the part that I'm really big on is empowering the person to do it themselves because um, I talk about this fairly regularly too. The straw that broke the camel's back for me was a girl that I know got a quote to have her website done for her and the quote was $4,000 and that's pretty cheap for a website for someone else to do for you. And so she, you know, signed up based on my kids in the background. She signed up on the basis that it was going to be about $4,000. And by the time it was all said and done, it was 7000 And they had her in a position where every time that she needed to make a change to that website, it was $150. Oh, you need to upload a blog, $150. Oh, you want to change that photo, $150. So she's like $8,000 in the hole by the time that I was talking to her. And she was extremely reluctant to change because she'd spent so much money on it and she had no confidence in her skills. And I was thinking to myself, she could have done this herself and, you know, had I have been able to work with her beforehand, she would have had the confidence, she would have had the skills and she would have been empowered to manage that thing for, you know, going forward into the future. So, you know, sounds like I'm being a bit salesy there and I don't mean to at all because that's not my thing, but I just want small business owners to be empowered to do this stuff themselves because it is within their capability. There does come a time when you need to outsource things, but when you need to outsource them, you will have the know-how to understand, is this person taking me for a ride or are they actually helping me? Yeah, I agree 100%. So, Stu, what would be your best business hack? My best business hack? Can be time-saving. Yeah. Yeah, I would say 
what I just said before, which is that book for someone that's doing what I'm doing. Um, you know, I made so many phone mm-hmm. calls and I came across a lot of people who just managed my expectations. And I'll just tell a little side note story here. I came across one guy when I was looking for PR help and he's an actual very established 30-year veteran artist manager from all around the world and managed some big people in the past. And he said, thank you for sending me your song. I haven't listened to it. I'm sure it's great. <laughs> and then he went on to tell me all the things that I should be doing. And I just went, wow. And I, I'm scribbling down all the stuff and I did exactly what he said. But unless you're lucky enough to come across someone like that, I would start with that book that I just mentioned because it just it would have saved me so much time, work hard, Playlist Hard by Mike Warner. Yeah, so it was it was very, very helpful. I just I wish I had it earlier. Okay, great. We'll make sure we put that into the playlist as well. Because we do have a few independent artists that listen to the podcast and, you know, friends of the podcast. So Stephanie Penrose, who's in Sydney, and her partner, he's um uh, like a back, backing guitarist and, oh, yeah. you know, they've played with the Veronicas and all of that sort of stuff. So I've actually sent your song to them as well. Oh, cool. Thank you. <laughs> Wait for the feedback. So, Stu, where can people find you? Where can they find me? Vonsharp.com. Vonsharp.com. Spotify, Apple Music. The first track's called Daydreamer featuring Laura Banning. She's a wonderful young girl with a beautiful voice and she's featured on the track. But, yeah, all the socials, wherever you like, I'm everywhere. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on the show today and we wish you all the best with the launch and I'll make sure that I put it all into the show notes so that the listeners can find you as well. Thank you so much, Sarah. I really appreciate it. No worries. Okay, now it's time for today's wrap-up snap quiz. Yep. Yes or no, are you a creative person? Mm, I think I am. Okay. Do you think I am? I well, yes, because I come home and I see some pretty out there kids' toys made out of cardboard boxes, <laughs> like a bulldozer. <laughs> I am a very a truck and very trailer. Good, yes, I'm very good with scissors, sticky tape, uh, and a cardboard box, and those things can entertain our children for days. The simple things in yep. life. Absolutely. But I mean, I design clothes. I've got to have some kind of creative element. And realistically, even though everybody would think that engineering as a career choice is um, quite regimented, my whole entire career has been around problem solving. Mm. So, you know, I do think that whilst I may not be able to pick up a paintbrush and paint, I'll just let you know. I'm shit at that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am I am creative and I am a good problem solver. Do you think I'm creative? I think you're creative. Do you think you're creative? Well, explain it to me. Well, some of the outlandish ideas that you come up with are quite creative. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Yep, that's it. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Why? Get to answer what? questions about me, they won't take long to answer them, what I tell you. What do you think? Do you think you're creative? Genius How level do you creation. Think you're creative. You're a pretty good problem solver. Ah, uh, wonderful problem solver. Are you solver. a good painter? I don't think so. I oh, no, no, being creative is not being about drawings and paintings yeah, and stuff like it, that. Yeah, but it's about, you know, thinking of things differently. Thinking um, outside the box. Thinking outside the box. It can be art or, you know, making things. Finding things. 
finding things probably not creative, I wouldn't say no. Mm. Anyway, yeah, fair enough. move I, it along. That wasn't a creative answer. Okay, <laughs> so would you rather be creative or work with numbers? Oh, uh, yeah, like I like working with numbers. Yeah. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. Mm. Boring. Numbers never lie. No. You can uh, be creative with numbers, though, too. Let me tell you. Yeah, I've got a black at work and I like to call him the master of coin. <laughs> and then this is the last question for today's episode. Mm-hmm. Would you rather someone else do the numbers or would you do them? No, no, I would do them. I'm, an, I'm the numbers person. Although I'm not particularly into accounting, like the accounting, like as in, you know. The main numbers. The main numbers, the profit loss, you know, how things are going, sales, all that sort of stuff. I'm into it. But when you start bringing tax into things, the accountants can have that rot. I'm not mm-hmm. interested in that at all. They, you know, it just it just does goes completely over my head. Fair enough. And then what would you prefer? High profit or high volume? Oh, that's a good question. Um, high profit. Yeah? Yep. I'd I- prefer high volume. Oh, would you? Righto. Because you'll get the profit. Eventually. But the high. The reason I because say you could high sell, profit- You could sell one thing yeah. for a 10% profit and no one will ever buy it again. Uh-huh. Where if you, if you sell 100 things for a 5% profit, they'll keep coming back and buying them. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying, but I was thinking of it from a completely different point of view. Mm-hmm. If I had a product that had high profit margin versus a product with a low profit margin, but I could sell more of them, oh, yes. where are you going to store them? You've got to think about storage, shipping, etc. So, yeah, no, I'm high profit. You can be high volume. Mm. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. Let's all go and follow Von Sharp and download his single. It's particularly important for us to support independent artists and make sure that you tune in for next week's episode. Uh, Jump on the website, allthingsmallbiz.com to download the exercise that we were talking about throughout the episode today. And of course, make sure you jump onto our Instagram at the Ecom Hub and send us any feedback that you might have. We love hearing from you guys. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to All Things Small Biz. You can get more tips and find out about all the latest stuff we've got going on at the Ecom Hub on Instagram and Facebook. That's at the underscore E-C-O-M-M underscore H-U-B. Thanks so much for listening.